Are you ready? I'm always ready. Wow, that was some good, like, ASMR. Which stands for? Uh, your safe word, which is? <laughs> um, shit. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> I forgot uh-huh. my safe word. Uh-huh, yep. Uh, kebab. <laughs> Welcome back to What's Your Safe Word? I'm Amp. I'm Mr. Christopher. And today... Uh, what are we doing? Today we're talking about with, about with, about, about with a special topic with a special person. Oh, that's right. Um, we have a special guest today and his name is Andrew Gerza. Uh, we are talking about disabilities and sex because it's a topic that we've covered before on, on the YouTubes. Um, but it's something that should be covered more often just in general. Yeah, no, that'd be great. Yeah, and so Andrew Gerza, who is a, a leading name and voice within the uh, community for talking about disabilities, whether it's sex or not, you know, he just, he is a very visible vocal person. But we figured we would open up and first and foremost say congratulations to all of you. <laughs> for a new president-elect. <laughs> to, to America. So let's all just take a, a moment, a moment to breathe together. So everyone inhale. <sighs> I didn't say exhale yet. And exhale. But the fight's not over. No, it's Two not. Two Senate seats in Georgia. We have got to turn it out. If we don't get the Senate, nothing's going to get yeah, done. Yeah, there's going to be a runoff election there. It is possible. We can, we can do it. But yeah, just a PSA for people out there that it's not over yet. Keep retweeting. Keep getting people engaged. If you know someone that lives out there and they're not going to vote the way that you think they should... Uh, definitely, you know, talk to them. I donated all the money that I saved from going to bars this year to the fight. Oh, very nice. And I d- uh, donated all of the money I would have spent on new sex toys. No. Uh. <laughs> By all the free sex toys you get. <laughs> but but seriously, uh, it, it's, it's nice that this week has started and it's just a little, everyone can breathe a little bit. Everyone is, is a little bit more upbeat. Um, everyone's definitely more engaged and involved in politics, which is not a bad thing. So I look forward to the coming conversations um, and hopeful changes that that do come along with that. But that is not why you're here. You're here to listen to us banter and argue and talk about silly puns. For instance, Daddy. Yes. Give me bantering, arguing, and or a silly pun. A silly pun. Um, did you know that boned and deboned mean the same thing? Fascinating. I mean, that was not a pun. Well, you said arguing or, or funny, but, but then you classified that as the pun. No, I didn't. Yeah, you, no, you no, asked no, for no, a pun. no, no, no. I didn't give you no, a pun. No, no, no. I didn't give you a Speaking pun. Speaking of bones, I do yes. have a boner to pick this week. Um, is it boned or deboned? I'm going to debone you <laughs> if you do not. Wait, is there no dad tea this week? Anyway, this week Jeez. I have a real boner for the Four Seasons Total Landscaping. Oh my God. Why is that not our background? We should be putting that up as our background. I I, be, I did not have time to 3D render and or put that in behind us. Did you know I heard Rudy is taking this all the way to the Supreme Courtyard Marriott? <gasps> the Supreme Courtyard Marriott? <laughs> Anyway, that train wreck aside, I do want to. I have a huge boner because not because of Rudy, uh, not because of those assholes, um, but because within the first day of that whole debacle, 
Um, the furry fandom. Shout out to all the furries. Oh, I saw this. Put together a virtual. <laughs> well, first of all, for those who don't know um, what we're talking about, they uh, the Republican Party <laughs> made their big announcement from the Four Seasons. Uh, unfortunately, somebody booked it at the Four, Se- Four Seasons Gravel Landscaping Company between a porn <laughs> store and a cemetery, which I just think, or a crematorium, which I just think is just the perfect ending of this all. <laughs> it's just, no, it's like <laughs> the perfect ending is, did you know that a cat, furry, uh-huh. was the one that put all of this together in the span of five hours? So there's this thing called VR chat, okay. which is where people go and they have like the headsets on. They have like maybe little uh, handhelds, but they pretty much are in uh, VR here yeah, as that. their personas or as their characters. And so <laughs> within like five hours, um, Cooper Tom, that's the name of the furry, uh, a New Jersey based furry. And his friends were kind of just talking and like joking about like, oh, what if they had like a, a meetup in virtual reality at the, at the four, the four seasons landscaping. And so he took it on himself and as a joke, put together a full 3D environment complete with the hose and the backdrop. And you could even see inside the glass of the building into like what you could kind of see during the coverage. Yeah. And even went so far as to say, because it, because it trended. Obviously, he did this thing, and it, everyone was laughing about it. In in a, they were having fun with the furries. So I have no knowledge of how this happens. So is this hard to do? So as a three D person, as yeah. a person who used to do three D and and modeling, um, th- what what he did was, I mean, it was a little basic, but it was incredibly fast and incredibly well done because he literally put together this environment which had some basic textures. But it was like they had all of the fixtures around. They had the little the little desk that the person could speak at, the speakers. And so the furries pretty much just had like a little furry convention, invited all of their friends, and they were all just having fun trolling the Republicans who don't know how to even run a fucking like news conference. It's the, hilarious. Yeah, it's all it's with just their posters taped to this looks like a bad um booth at Folsom Street where they just stack up some posters on the wall (laughs) and say, okay, we're done. (laughs) My favorite part, though, to this whole story, besides the trolling of the the Republicans and just the furries having a good old time, um, was that Cooper Tom uh, is just a, a furry artist and person in the community. He was able to pay off a bunch of his bills because of all the people who donated to like his art fund. So, like, he has, like, a Patreon thing that people can donate to called Kofi or Coffee. Um, and he was actually able to pay off a bunch of bills. I, I love that. I, everyone is, is really always nice. so supportive of uh, different art forms, <laughs> including us, which I appreciate. <laughs> and the real takeaway? The real takeaway. He yeah. was so uh, inundated with love and appreciation. He is going to go back and add that crematorium and porn stop <laughs> shop. Oh, perfect. <laughs> yes. <laughs> can we be can can you ask him to add us? We'll be in the porn shop like oh, uh, peddling sure. dildos to the furries. Let me just get my VR <laughs> set together and get my my first sona. It could be a great episode because I don't know how to do this, but I'll sell dildos like VR dildos. V- VR dildos? Yeah. I mean that's that's actually not a bad idea. Thank you. See, everyone just thinks I don't have Speaking that good of ideas. providing accessible information. Yes. I mean, that would actually be a really smart way to do like Sex shop, any shop, honestly, is like moving in, into a VR space. Like we've talked about virtual reality and like 
what's going to happen next if we do kind of like a... Is that what we're going to do next is we're going to open a VR sex shop? We're going to have a VR podcast where we can... We can make the safe word shop VR. Can we do that? Well, Daddy, that that requires work, but we could do that. (laughs) I've seen you. You do this stuff really fast. Um, It's like boop, 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 done. I mean, could I have put together a Four Seasons in 3D? Absolutely. And I could have probably done just as well as Cooper Tom. Not that I'm disregarding his skill. But I don't... Do it. I don't... I want a VR safe word shop. Everyone wants a VR safe word shop, don't they? And who's going to work the He's VR? glaring Who, at me who's so gonna hard. Who's going to work the VR safer shop? Glaring whenever it's so up. hard. I'll work it. You're going to work it? Yeah, I'll Nine totally to five, work it. Monday through Friday? Five. Yeah, I'll You're do just going to walk around in the background of all the videos in yes, VR? I'll do it. Can I wear a jockstrap? Uh, I mean, technically, yes, but you could awesome. wear you could be anything in the VR shop. Ooh, I can have different outfits every day. You could be different people. I could be Daddy Dom. Well, the, you could be a pony. Well, this is actually an interesting concept because, like, the do you know what Second Life is? Um, Is that like Pet Life? You know YOLO, right? Uh, is that like Yoda? <laughs> what? Do you not know what YOLO <laughs> stands for? Is Serious question. Y- you uh, <laughs> only okay. yeah. love once, well, not live quite. once. There you go. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Well done. Say I know things. Oh, well, sometimes. Um, so Second Life is where the furries kind of did this thing. So it's a, it's a virtual space where people literally go in and are a character. Lots of people use it for role playing or in COVID times, just socializing with friends. Mm. And it's this space, it, it's been around for forever. Like people used to do like BDSM scenes and they'd build dungeons and it's like The Sims. You know what The Sims are? Oh my God. It's a video game. And I, 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 do The Sims, if they have uh, offspring, are they The Simpsons? Uh, <laughs> Come on. I mean, only if it's a boy, I yeah, guess. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God. <laughs> Simpsons. Oh yeah, no. I, I'll give you points for that one. But it it is a it, it's a way that people have kind of evolved and and created other spaces in which they can still socialize. Fantastic! I still don't know what it is, but no, I, I just told you it's a th- it's a space where you go in. No, I know. I just don't know how to do it. I didn't, well, you didn't say. Do you it. use you your ha- phone? No, you oh, okay. use your computer. You use like a, a headset. Oh my god! It sounds like do you have to like do you have to hook your Bluetooth remote control to your computer to your Apple TV to your Echo to your no that's Siri, just you to your, dot. <laughs> to your dildo no exactly. no that is just you <laughs> this never ends well for me when I do it <laughs> no it doesn't but in a virtual space anyway the, the whole segue I'm trying to get to but keep getting derailed by certain people <laughs> is a way in which we provide accessibility to certain I mean people or events or or topics or things that I think we overlook until the, the it's kind of like one of our only options in which we are socializing. I think that the way in which we approach topics and provide education, which is what we do, um, it, is, it's interesting to see how people change what they do so that they're still able to quote unquote live. YOLO, All right. which stands for? You only live once. Correct. Anyway... All that to say, today's episode, we're going to be talking with Andrew, who's going to be on here shortly, and we're going to talk about disabilities and accessibility and um, just normalizing and having these conversations a little bit more openly because, I mean, we, we've, we're we broken records at this point about talking about sex education not being taught, but imagine if sex education wasn't, wasn't not only taught, wasn't not only taught, was not only not taught, <laughs> but we weren't having conversations around disability because 
it's something that exists in our world, whether it's visible disabilities or invisible disabilities. Yeah, and and when you don't have a disability, when you don't have a disability, it's very easy to overlook the the hardships that others have in even the sex environment. Um, I I was very unaware of lots of the issues uh, when I was in Salt Lake City. There was um, uh, someone with a disability who was part of our uh, <coughs> the team, and I was just blown away by her and what she had to go through. When you were there teaching for a, a, a like a conference right? yeah, at school, yeah. Anyway, so it just it was very enlightening to me. So. I'm fascinated to see more about this. Yeah, and I'm sure he'll not only bring some great perspectives, but but ask some good questions and answer some of your questions. So I hope you guys are are, are ready for this conversation. Uh, and did anyone else notice the puppy just completely went by the dad tea? Didn't want. I think this is a plan. He's dad pushing tea. me out. I don't think he not wants to. Not offensive tea. Dad tea. <laughs> Okay, so do you know what a fist pump is? A fist pump? Yeah. Or a fist bump? No, an arm pump. Like a like, like when you look at a trucker and you you want them to do their Yes. Okay. You know. So did you do <laughs> you did that as a kid? No, but I know but I've watched TV and I know the the trope of like the the trucker that you try to get them to honk. Yeah. Okay, so I was talking to my uncle Randy who's a trucker. Uh I grew up in Colorado and Wyoming okay. and Arizona and Uh-huh. Lots of truckers in our family. So the highlight of going across, so we used to drive from Denver to Glendo to Cheyenne to back and forth. Mm -hmm. The highlight for me as a kid was being in the station wagon and talking on the CB radio to truckers. And as you pass a truck doing the arm pump. Well, he tells me that kids don't know that anymore. And it's actually making truckers sad. Because Aww. it's kind of like the highlight. <laughs> it, it breaks up the monotony of driving hours miles and, and hours, hours and, and hours. hours. And nobody. And so when a kid does that now, they literally, it makes their day and they brag about it for weeks. Oh. Isn't that sad? <laughs> so I want to encourage everyone <laughs> with kids to do the arm pump as you pass those truckers and make their day. Because if you have ever heard the blast of an air air horn from a truck it's like nah! it's amazing oh, well it, it might not be it brings so whatever much joy to everybody's ears but <laughs> and not if you're in front of the truck and don't expect it well so if you're passing it you know they know that someone's gonna fist pump them i love that you are continually doing the motion as if the people that are <laughs> listening to this podcast know exactly well do you know why it's an arm pump like this I don't, but you're doing a lot of fisting motions right now, so I'm going <laughs> to guess it's sexual. No, it's because the air horns had a wire hanging from the the cab of the truck. Oh yeah, that they pull they had to pull on. it. Yeah, it's so like a bus stop, right? Like the little the little wire yeah. that you pull on a bus. That's a ding ding. That's, that's very. What'd anti- you call me? Anticlimactic, but <laughs> we need more fist pumps. Okay. Okay. Fist bumps. F- there you go. No, fist, not bump, fist bump, bumps. Bonk. Arm pumps. Bonk. Arm pumps. Wow. Do more fist bumping. <laughs> Some people don't know what the truck you were talking about, but... Please do, because it makes me semi hard every time I do it. And uh, w- now let's go... <laughs> let's go to Andrew Gerza <laughs> from Disability After Dark. Welcome, Andrew, to... What's your safe word? Uh, Daddy, say hello. 
Hi, Andrew. Because you guys have nice to meet you. <laughs> so nice to finally meet you. I've been crushing on you for a good couple of years now. Crushing? Have you been crushing hard? I mean, yes. Oh, oh do you guys need a room? I mean, I can get out of this Could Zoom we? call if you want to just. <laughs> I can, can just you give us five minutes. Side. Yeah, just give us some time, puppy. Could you go over there? Yeah, can you? Yeah. I mean, we love you. You're great, but go away. I see how it is. I'm third wheeling today. Welcome to the show, Andrew. Thank you so much for making time uh, for our crazy ridiculousness here. Um, but of course, you and Daddy have never met before, but nope. we've obviously spoken a few times. We were just on your podcast the other day. But um, for people that don't know who you are and or don't follow your show, first of all, how dare you people not follow his show? I know. How very rude of you that you don't follow my show. Well, hello. My name is Andrew Gerza. I'm a disability awareness consultant and crippled content creator. I live in Toronto, Canada. I am 36 and I am a wheelchair user, a power wheelchair user. And I live with spastic quadriplegic cerebral palsy. And I am the host of the award-winning podcast, Disability After Dark, where I shine a bright light on disability stories. Woo! I have little buttons too. Oh, I like that. <laughs> That's so nerdy, but I'm so here for it. Before this, we were having a conversation about tech because I'm the I'm you you guys are like flirting over here and I'm like pushing buttons. He's, he's got this oh, I, I, I'll push buttons, but they won't be tech. Uh, me too. Me too, Sam. Uh, okay, great. So I have to juggle multiple people tonight. It's all good. It's, it's okay. I have a sound effect for this. Aren't you used to that? Juggling multiple people at night? Don't uh, you know? Uh, not lately. <laughs> not lately. <laughs> not COVID days, no. I know, right? <laughs> How are you doing, though, with, with COVID and the, the pandemic? Yeah, how's it affected well, you? Well, let's see. Haven't sucked a dick in nine months. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a little bit rough. <laughs> no, but quite seriously, it has been rather rough because I would normally see my sex worker every two to three weeks when it wasn't when pre-pandemic so i would at least have that as an option and now because of coronavirus all that stopped so while i still am in contact with my sex worker hi john um and it's, wait wait it's wait totally usually wait your sex worker's name is john usually it's the person oh. hiring called the john <laughs> their name his name also just happens to be john okay uh, daddy john john shields yeah, that's his, that's his. That's oh my one god, of his PJ. Friends. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he knows he knows a very good oh, friend of fantastic. this show. We love we love. Oh, John. Yeah, love he's him. he's a he's he's quite mm. a gem. Is Big the word I use for him? Big dick. I know. I've had <laughs> in my mouth several times. I know. <laughs> the best dick I've. Uh, he actually is in my phone as best dick ever. So. Oh. So th- for the audience who is not flirting actively with each other, um, <laughs> PJ, friend of the show, PJ, uh, has been on a few of our vlogs. Was went to some of like the events with us in some videos. Um, is w- he very well acquainted with Andrew? Uh, and so we have not only mutual friends but mutual interests in many ways. And mutual Johns. <laughs> yes. Yes. We have mutual Johns. We have a lot of Johns in common. <laughs> um, but Andrew, so you are not to not to stop talking about John, who is lovely. Um, but you are here for a reason, and that is to kind of talk us through and talk about and just educate our audience as an expert on uh, disabilities and sex and how those two worlds kind of intertwine and overlap. I'm actually curious. How you didn't say how those two worlds come together? That's a shame. Oh, oh missed opportunities. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or a misconnection, maybe. I get points for oh, that? Oh, I remember. Yeah. I remember that oh. Craigslist back in the early 2000s. Oh dear. R.I.P. 
his connection. Is it though, or is it just we're we're saving our lives because? Well, can... yeah. I mean, oh, I was just talking about because they remember when they took down all the 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 personal ads back in yeah, the day. Yeah, yeah, but that was great. You could get some really good dick out of those. There were I had some good moments. I actually never used it personally. Did you? I was always scared because to me it was like putting up a random number. I don't know. It's kind of like writing writing on a bathroom wall. You didn't know what you were gonna get. But I think that's what made it sexy for some I people. I know, but yeah, <laughs> it was like the allure of like the danger of like who's yeah. Come there's a certain amount of inherent danger, <laughs> like stranger <Yeah>. danger. <laughs> I'm sorry, is isn't that what a lot of BDSM kind of banks on? Is that a, like the no? I have lots of negotiation people? with BDSM. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I would agree. I would agree with Daddy on this. I don't really want. To, as I get older, I'm an old man now. I'm 36. I don't really want. Um, you need to talk to me. Oh. <laughs> Don't give me your 36 old man speech. No. How, how much more daddy can I get? I'm in a wheelchair. I can't pee on my own. Um, I need help to get dressed. <laughs> and I need help in the shower. So. Well, I just pee in the shower. So there you go. <laughs> and he has he has more than enough options of places to pee. Oh, you pee or in the sink. I pee, pee in the, in the sink. shower. I, pee, I just pee anywhere. There were so many sexual innuendos in what, in what Amp just said. I, I feel... I am delighted and yes, a sexual innuendo. Thank you very much. <laughs> or or a sex comedian. I, I go by that as well. I love how we haven't even gotten to the meat of what we're talking. I about. know. We have talked about lots of meat, but what meat would you like to talk about specifically, Andrew? Uh, <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> what meat do you want me to talk about specifically? Oh my god, Andrew! What do you do? Why do you do it? How did you become an educator? That let's start there. Yeah. Uh, how did I? That's a great question. I became an educator. I finished school in 2012 with a master's of legal legal arts degree, which translates into I can write really flowery essays about legal stuff, but that's not a job. Hmm. And so I left school, being like, I need to make income. I have this degree. What do I do? And I was looking for jobs in the legal field. I was looking to do PhDs. I was looking to do all the stuff. But when I was doing my degree back in school, I was also like realizing that nobody was talking about being queer and disabled. And in the back of my mind, I was like, that's something I'm going to just hold on to and see if I can use that later in my, in my life or my work or something. And one day I was sitting at the computer looking for dick or looking for, you know, friendship or something. And I said, you know, I'm going to just email a bunch of Toronto magazines and ask them if they've ever had anybody talk about sex and disability before a bunch of queer magazines and I just I literally started cold emailing Toronto magazines being like can I talk to you and one of them fab magazine which who's now defunct they reached out and said we want to have you as our cover boy for the month of whatever would you be okay if a photographer like came by and did a photo shoot of you and I was like I had no I had never done a photo shoot so I was like all right sure so within 30 minutes this photographer was at my house wow that's being like take off your shirt and pose and I was like, uh, okay. So like, I did it and I realized, oh, there's something here. And they, so they put the picture of me like on, on the cover and I was like their cover boy of the month or whatever. And people were writing in about how disability is so important and how they'd never seen anything like this and oh, wow. blah, blah. And I realized very quickly like, oh, this could be an avenue of revenue for me. I could make this a job. Everyone that I had spoken to had said, oh, that's a nice thing you want to do, Andrew, but that's not work. That's a hobby. And I was like, oh, you guys suck. Like, oh. that's what I want to do. And like, I, I can give a lecture. I can do all this. Like I've, I had taken 10 years of school. I know how, what a lecture looks like. 
I can do that. I want to have it be a job. And I mean, it was like, oh, no, it's not a job. So I went on Vistaprint, printed off a card that said Andrew Gerza Disability Consultant, having no idea what that meant. And I started handing them out saying, this is what I do. Hire me to talk. And I had no formal training other than my lived experience and like 10 years of like watching pro professors and lectures being like, I guess this is what you do. And I sort of just cobbled together this career for myself. And then I also email places like HuffPo, Queer Voices and all these other big outlets saying that I have a story. I want to, I want to be your lead queer disability person advocate, like hire me to be, to write for you. Can I write a, can I pitch a bunch of stories? And all of this was totally unpaid and free, but it got my foot in the door mm. to start really doing this as a job. And it sort of just took off from there. Oh, and great. did it always start as like sex education or was it kind of perspectives on different topics? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll be really, I'll be really honest in saying that I wanted to get my dick sucked. I wanted, <laughs> I wanted the hot gay men to, to blow me. And I was like, if I talk about sex and disability and if I bear myself to them and show them that I'm sexy too, maybe I'll get my dick sucked more regularly. Like there was definitely a selfish component in what so I was doing. You really didn't care about the job. You can you cared Hobby. about the job. <laughs> you wanted the yeah, I job. wanted someone to, I wanted someone to get on my D, basically. <laughs> you didn't care and, if you were paid. Got it. Yeah, I didn't I mean I, the only way that I the only way that I wanted to get paid was in cum. So I mean Wow. Like but but no, but I mean it, it I did mean, kind of. You heard that now. Of, all all publications. He just wants to no. <laughs> <You're> kidding, <laughs> yeah. kidding, kidding, kidding. Everyone else, right. everyone that sees me write, send me a, send me someone's dirty jock and then spot no, oh. no but, <laughs> but it did kind of turn into this this thing that I wasn't expecting and I like I, and then people started saying to me like over the years like oh my god your work's so valuable to me like it means so much the stuff you say like the the stuff I get just on Instagram of people saying like. I follow your posts every day because it makes me feel not so alone. Like I'm just a guy in my house in Toronto with a disability trying to say how I feel. Like I never expected it to be what it was. Like I never expected it to be the subject of a documentary. I never expected it to be like to do a porn. I never expected any of that to come, but it's really exciting because it means that people are hungry for this kind of representation. And, I, and if I can use my, if I can use my disability to not only make a buck for myself, but also to make, you know, somebody feel less alone, I think that's a great thing. And I'm really proud of that. Yeah, no, that's, that's amazing. Uh, Cause there's gotta be so many people that ha do not have a voice out there. So to have someone out there representing them a bit has gotta be amazing. It's yeah. really great. And I'm really proud of it. It's also really yeah. daunting because some of the stuff that I believe the community might not agree with so as i'm sure you both know being internet people you have to be super careful of everything you say all the time oh my god it's the puppy true. is censoring me all the time i'm sorry it's like constantly oh are you caesar chavez <laughs> no i just have opinions and he's like you can't say that daddy <laughs> it's more of and, and kind of goes to your point totally. andrew like that you need to be conscious of that there's different perspectives and there's different lived experiences and j just different experiences that people have been through and what you might say is like a joke or in passing could be very triggering or could be offensive or and again as you know but also speaking to our audience i think that being sex positive isn't just being like everybody can have all the sex all the time whatever you want no being sex positive at least to me is being open to people's experiences whether it's lived or 
just learned and being understanding that we all come from a different place and being able to have conversations that are open about sex from there. Yeah. Being sex positive is realizing there's sex negativity too. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like, and that it's not, it isn't because, you know, the, the, the white feminist idea of sex positivity is like, rah, 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 look at us. Everybody, everybody gets to have sex. But then when you start looking at that and breaking it down, you realize how like exclusionary that is. So in a lot of my work, I talk about the negativity of disability, how it feels, how uncomfortable it is, how I don't like it, how being a wheelchair user some days really sucks. And here's, mm -hmm. you know, how, especially in the time of COVID right now, talking about like, it's been 10 months since I've sucked a dick and I don't like that. And here's, you know, why my experience of touch as a disabled person is so denied right now. So I really try to, in my social media kind of brand, I try to be really honest and authentic about my disability experience because I think people don't, we don't see that anymore. When we talk about disability generally, we, there's such a, a drive to erase being disabled and being like, oh, you can do whatever you want. You can do anything. And it's like, yeah. well, no, you can't. No. Let's talk about like the stuff you can't do. There's physical limit okay limitations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. So it, I was on a panel just last year and uh, someone who is dis disabled, um, it really opened my eyes to the whole world. And one of the things that just struck me so hard, which I never thought of and I didn't know, was she said there was a huge percentage, and now I don't remember the percentage, so maybe you know, of uh, disabled people who have been either molested or raped or and mainly by caregivers and people close to them because that's the only people around them. And I was like horrified by that. Do you, do you know more about this? I think the number is like almost 80 percent. It's insane how it's high it was. Really I high was like that. I was astounded by that. And I was like, that is so horrific and eye opening. And violating because it has to be someone you are putting and they had no voice because it was the person taking care of them mm -hmm. and so they were a prisoner I, I i was just horrified i, I still am that that statistic in that reality doesn't surprise me in the least um well i have not been sexually abused by an attendant i've been abused by attendants in the past mm -hmm. had an attendant last year who felt it was appropriate to confined me to my bed because I said the word fuck in my own house at 35 years old. Jesus. And so how, I how definitely did they confine can, you? they put me in my bed without my consent. And once I'm in bed, I can't move. Can't and move I have, up. they took my phone away. So I couldn't oh my God. call anybody. So I was left alone until I was able to reach my phone, call my parents, be like, yo, I'm being basically confined right now. Call the organization that that is, hiring this person and let's call the police and get an investigation started. So, so I understand firsthand how traumatic that can be. Again, I have not been sexually abused. Thank goodness. And, and how does law enforcement take those type of cases? Do they? <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Where, uh, this could be a whole other podcast. By itself, Sorry. But, uh, <laughs> I'm fascinated by this, but you know, the law enforcement, they came and they sided with the, uh, the caregiver. They said, he was only trying to help you. What did you want him to do? Leave you in, leave you in, in the shower and not put you in bed? He was only trying to help you. And I said, no, no, but he put me in here without my consent. Oh, well, you're safe, though. 
Mm. So I did all this work to get the police there and they didn't believe me. And then when I went to give a further statement, they told me that if I, that if, if I was lying, I would be held in perjury. And I was like, why is the very first thing you say to the victim that if they're lying, they're in trouble? Mm-hmm. So what it meant to me was that they had no, the police systems have no idea how to handle disabled people. And I mean, we can see that when with the number of intellectually disabled people that have been shot and killed by the police in the U.S. This year is, I can't think, of, can't think of the exact number, but it's staggering and horrible. So like the, the police systems need disabled people to tell them what the fuck to do in, when you're dealing with a disabled person. Because I went to them for help and they told me basically like, we're siding with the caregiver. You have no recourse here. Yeah, that, that's got to make you feel so powerless. I'm so sorry to hear yeah, that. Yeah, it was not a fun time. And I like being in bed naked, but in this instance, not so much. <laughs> um, well, speaking of being naked, uh, not to change course or conversation too drastically, um, but I am curious. We are yeah, a nice segue, though. Thank you. <laughs> I tried. Uh, anyway, speaking of being naked, um, we are a, a kinky sex positive, speaking of being sex positive podcast. I'm curious, and, and not to assume, uh, but are you kinky? Now, I know we're doing this for the benefit <laughs> of your listeners. I just think it's funny that we spoke last night and we went over all my kinks. So you I, know. I don't. I don't. Daddy so, so, does it. So act you're like to, I don't You're going know, to deprive daddy I, of I'm, your kinks and I'm sexual like desires? I'm sitting on the edge of my chair going, what is he into? I got to know. I mean, I'm really into leather. I really like leather. I am kinky, and I think part of my kink comes from just not really being able to explore that because I'm I'm touched primarily by caregivers and I'm touched primarily by people with gloves and right now masks and like all these things to protect people and so I'm really kinky and I love I love domination I love submission I love to to try all that because it's something that I don't get to do in my day-to-day life so when I'm spending time with our friend PJ Mm -hmm. um, we will play with stuff like like domination and submission and like you're going to shut up and do what I tell you. And it's, it's a fun kind of release for me to let go of. Cause in my day to day life, I have to be in control of everything. I have to tell the staff exactly what I want. I have to be very clear about what my needs are, but when I get to play and being able to reverse those roles in a safe environment, it's really fun to do that. And when I wear a harness and when I play with leather, it's one of the few things that is really accessible to me because I can have, an attending care worker or a, a fuck buddy put that on me and that's my expression of sexuality like i'm unable to whip my dick out and be expressive that way but if i wanted to wear a harness for a day because that's what i want that's my way of being like yeah i'm kinky and here's how and and i i think kink has been a really it was at one point really inaccessible to me but the more and more and you and i kind of talked about this yesterday on my show yeah um but the more and more i get into the headspace of kinky and not worry so much about the physicality of it i think that's really empowering for me so yeah i definitely am, i'm really kinky and i love all that stuff <laughs> so do do you find that the, the like the general public just kind of thinks that you don't have a sex life or that you're asexual or um they're once they find out they got to be doubly surprised that you're kinky I mean, I think, yeah, I think that they don't, the general public assumes that I'm not sexual, assumes that I should be 
or if I dare to be sexual, that I should be focused on disability and access only, and I shouldn't focus on the fact that I want to get my dick sucked. I'm not allowed to do that. I should be focusing on all the other parts of disability, like ramps and access and buttons and like human rights and all that stuff. And I, I say to that, you know, pleasure is a human right as defined by the World Health Organization and disabled people have a right to access that. So when I fight for, when I show up in a porn or when I do a sexy video or when I, you know, when I hire a sex worker, what I'm actually doing is fighting for my right to have access to this part of my life. And I think people who who don't know that about me, I mean, I, I feel bad for them because I think it's a really it's a really salient part of who I am. And it's one of the most exciting parts of who I am. Yeah. And it's one of the parts of just being human. I mean, it can't be, I am always fascinated by when people are surprised by what not only people are into, but what people like and enjoy, or even just the fact that, you know, pleasure is something that we can talk about and not be sex shamey. Yeah. It's just, that along with the fact that like imagine talking about pleasure just in general but like talking about pleasure when it comes to sex like people are so like surprised and shocked that that even exists but that's because we don't have conversations like that or just about something like disabilities within sex education and we kind of touched on that on your show as well which people should definitely go listen to as well um but i'm curious like what how did you learn about sex? Like, did you ever get sex education that was kind of positioned or even included you? No. 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 My sex ed was grade nine, ninth grade, watching the baby video. Oh, no. Watching, like, Sally and Johnny go on a date, and Johnny comes in his pants, and that's awkward or has an erection. Like, well, that's cool. That's great. But, like, I don't want to see Johnny and Sally go on a date. I want to know if Johnny can come over and do me for a minute. Like, <laughs> I, want, I want to see Johnny and Billy go on a date. <laughs> yeah, basically. Like, and there was no sex ed that, that centered disabled bodies. And I remember at some point, like, we had to do, you know, this quiz on, like, what the, what the female anatomy was. And I said to my educational assistant, like, I'm gay. Like, yes, I should know this. But, like, this doesn't apply to me. And he was like, you're 15, just do the thing, whatever. And I was like, no, 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 I'm telling you, like, this doesn't apply to me. I want to know, you know, different body. I want to know the male body parts. And I remember saying that at like 15 and being just kind of laughed away. And I remember at one point the teacher was like, do you want to go and do another thing? And I was like, no, it's sex ed and everyone else is getting it. So I'm going to get it. Good for you. There was nothing for me in sex ed and I mean through my my sex education has literally been through trial and error and like with people in actual sexual situations being totally horribly like told horrible ableist things and like Mm. that kind of stuff so that's where I learned about sex through doing it and learning that people don't know how to handle the disabled body Um, but never in class unfortunately no so did, when did you decide that you so if you if you learn most of your sex through uh, physical touch, uh, when did you learn that you were kinky? Had you fantasized about it before or did that just snowball? That was I mean, if we're talking about the harness, mm-hmm. I put on a harness when I was like when I was like 25. Oh. No, 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 no. I'm lying. 
<laughs> later than that, like like would have been like five six years ago, really recently. Um, so did you watch leather porn before that? And we're no, no. Okay. Somebody somebody said I have a harness and I want to bring it over. Do you want to try? Huh. And I was like, sure. And I put it on and I remember crying because I was like, oh, this is what it feels like to feel like myself now. And I remember wow. looking at myself in the mirror in leathers being like, oh, this, yep, this is who, this is, because it was the first time that I had been able to express sexuality without having to be really overt about it, without having to like whip my dick out and be like, yeah, I want to fuck you. This was a way of like showing that I was a sexual being without being. So like, the outfit made you feel outwardly like a sexual being no matter body parts or anything, just yeah. the outfit itself and it showed, made you feel sexy. It yeah, exactly. And it showed anyone that was in my vicinity that like this guy is kinky. He's mm. a sexual being and he likes X. And so that was a really turn turning moment for me. And so I remember taking a fuck ton of photos of me in a harness. Cause <laughs> it was like my awakening to the kink. And then somebody at some point, somebody that I was fucking called me a puppy and I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what that was at the time. And I remember being like, Oh, I, I want to please this person and I like them. So I'll, I'll let them call me that. Cause it's, a, it sounds endearing. Sure. And then the more, the more and more I looked into it, I was like, Oh, I guess I am a puppy because I like to please. And I like to be affectionate and I like to kind of let go. And so I realized kind of in, in that way, I was really, I was really a, a, a poppy, even though I couldn't do certain things like, you know, get on all fours and do a lot of moshing that way. I was, I had the headspace and the kink of a puppy. And so I don't enter that headspace super often right now, um, but I do, it's a part of who I am. And I told Amp yesterday in our show that like, that, that I'm, my puppy name is Power Puppy. And I like that because it's connected to my power chair and I'm in a power chair. And so it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a fun element to the fact that I'm disabled, but yeah, I mean, kink has been a way for me to just to explore different facets of myself that I wouldn't get to otherwise. And, you know, PJ and John has been super helpful in that. Like he will, he'll bring over like leathers. He'll bring over like, we did a photo shoot a couple weeks ago before. He COVID loves got. dressing up, so having I know. a cohort he to brought do over, it he, We did a shoot the other day, or a few weeks ago, actually, and he brought over, like, a pig onesie that he has. And he goes, I brought this over because I wanted to bring out your piggy side. And I just laughed my head off because oh, we yeah. then spent the next hour of him trying to dress me in this. And it was hilarious, but it was like, kink is something that I don't get to explore very often. So when I get to play with somebody that wants to teach me stuff or try stuff with me, like that's really fun. And so, that is so fun. John and others have been, have really opened the door for me to try that. Oh, yeah. well, and I think that that, and we had a really good conversation on your podcast about it, but just like touching quickly on it, like headspace that you brought up is a really important thing to not only kink, but just anything that you do. It's, it's, Half the time it's about being in the right headspace for a situation, but also when it comes to kinks or even puppy play, you don't have to be physically doing anything to get into a headspace. Like yeah. you can sex, you can chat, you can kind of just make someone feel sexy or just dress up and get into that that mood. I say as oh, daddy cute. starts touching and petting my head. <laughs> 
But you, but the cute thing about that is that you liked it though. You were like, I mean, a little bit of there. It, it's. I like it. I'm trying to focus. Yeah, it he, doesn't make it easy he, to have work. Have you ever done he an ASMR like podcast with him just touching you? That should totally be an episode. No, uh, I see, but I can't personally. ASMR makes me feel the the gross tingles. Like some people, like they love it, and for me, I'm just like, Ugh, I don't like that feeling of the sound in my ears. That's just yeah, me. Though. It what, gets what me. What sound would you excited. do? Really? Does it? So me petting the puppy gets you excited? Puppy no, care. but like, like, and like whispering into the mic would be super hot. Oh, but uh, well, it, I get that. I, I get, I get when like it, you get. It really would sexual. be if she didn't whisper puns all the time. Yeah, you like that, don't you, Daddy? <laughs> you waiting for that punchline? No, I'm not. The punchline. <laughs> Ew. No, like a, a joke, a punchline. Yeah, but punchline. Punchline. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Have you guys ever, you guys know what you were getting into. Did well, we? We're trying to get into each other, but you're just here. So. Did oh, we? Oh, oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> Speaking of trying to censor the puppy out of this conversation, we talk about censorship a lot on this show. Thank you for that segue, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> I was curious because you do sex education. I'm actually curious how you talking about not only disabilities, but talking about sex works on the internet, because I know that just us talking about sex is hard enough. Is there extra stigmatization that kind of revolves around the topics that you generally cover? Yeah, there is. People are really uncomfortable when you talk about sex and disability and they're uncomfortable because they have no frame of reference for it. So I do a lot of stuff where I won't just talk about sex and disability and I won't just do that but I'll make sure to do a couple just general posts about disability so that it's so that my social media is like not family friendly. It's certainly not safe for work, but like, it's, you know, I make sure to pepper some things in there, but I feel like censorship in sexual spaces is gross already. And then when it comes to like disability, it's like, why are we censoring this? This is why we have a rise in disability prejudice and ableism because mm -hmm. we're not showing this stuff and talking about this enough. And we're also not admitting as like non-disabled people, you know, the two of you, we're not admitting that like, we're afraid of this shit. It's scares some of us. And if we, we had images that people could see and go, oh, that, that freaks me out. That makes me uncomfortable. Then I could come in and say, okay, thank you for sharing that. Let's talk about why that makes you uncomfortable. And we don't have enough of that. So a lot of my stuff on social media when I'm not sharing photos of me and John making out, because there's a bunch of those right now. Um, but when I'm not sharing photos of me being a, a big fat slut, I'm, I'm talking about, you know, disability and I'm talking about how it feels to be disabled. And I'm really cutting to the quick of like the disability experience. And I'm hoping that people will gravitate towards that. And I feel like I, I don't censor, but I am very careful what I say, because I feel like when you become an internet person, anyone will attack you for anything, mm -hmm. especially if you go down the right, if you go, if you say the wrong thing, if you misspeak. Right. So I really try to be very careful what I, what I post. It's very curated. It's never just like, Oh, I had a thought here. It is. It's very, I really yeah. think about everything. Cause I don't want to offend the community, but I want to make a point. And you speak well, I mean, you're, you're I, I see your posts all the time and yeah, some of the conversations can be uncomfortable, but I think that, they're intentionally uncomfortable in that way because you want to have a conversation that does something that, that not only provides a perspective, but makes people actually think, you know, yeah. uncomfortable conversations are important and we don't have enough of them. So, I so, think a, go ahead. 
Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, so so for me, it's not it's not an uncomfortableness. It's a, I have never thought about that because I'm not disabled. So having those n- new experiences, I'm like, holy shit, yeah, I should be thinking about this. Um, and it opens my eyes so wide. Um, but then I've also seen other people approach it. Like, do you find people, when they're uncomfortable, talk to you like children or like yeah, a child? Yeah, I mean, are they, they will just be, they'll be really like, Hi Andrew, how are you today? Yeah. And it's like, I'm not bored. <laughs> yeah, right. exactly. Do I think that I've seen that before? <laughs> but like, I think, kind of to, to your point, Daddy, um, when you say like you've never thought about that before, I I used to hate that that when people would say, "Oh, I never thought about that before," and I used to be like, oh, "Just fucking Google it. Why don't you do your own research?" Now, I'm, I love it when somebody says, "I've never thought about that before," because. I then can step in and say, cool, let me educate you about that. Let me talk to you about that. Let me give you a frame of reference so that when you're sucking my dick, you know how, <laughs> no, but like when, when we're talking about it, yeah. So that when we're discussing Educate it, me, educate me, would you? Educate me, educate, edge, educate me. Um, you too. I'm a dork. Uh, I got so, it. But, no, but I, I think, you know, all the flirting aside, I think that um, it's really valuable when someone says they don't know because they're admitting an ignorance. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. It just means you have shit to work on. And I think we need to do more of that in a whole bunch of spaces. It's really fun to look at a non-disabled person and be like, you're a fucking ableist. Fuck you for not knowing. Fuck you. And I drop the mic and I, and I roll away. That's easy. That's to me. That's that's a cop out. I could roll away and be like, "Fuck you, you're an ableist." Like that, but that doesn't that doesn't move the needle forward. That doesn't mm-hmm. invite anybody into conversation. So my job as an educator has been to pivot away from the like rage and anger. And while I still am enraged by a lot of shit that able-bodied people do, I'm like, if I can change somebody's mindset today, that's a great opportunity. It's never my responsibility to teach somebody, but it is my opportunity and i always try to look at it that way sure and as but as as an educator that is i mean that's your goal in uh showing people new things uh, that they've never thought about um what new things would you like to think about (laughs) (laughs) oh my god okay both of you uh anyway no no i i appreciate um just personally being that advocate that you are uh providing that representation but also allowing the space to have those conversations because like you said it, it's an easy it's an easy thing to to be upset and just tell someone to fuck off but it's a hard thing to have an actual conversation where you're trying to not only educate but inform someone on a topic that they might not even be open to learning about so thank, thank and the, you the cool thing about those conversations is sometimes that i as the disability educator realize that i'm wrong and maybe i've said the wrong thing or done the wrong thing or said it in a way that was also offensive to xyz so i have to Mm. like when you're open to conversation that isn't rooted in i hate you fuck you like then things can change now if we're talking about trump and biden i don't want to have those conversations (laughs) but if we're talking about somebody that's willing to like to listen and isn't rooted in like bigotry or hate and who's someone who just wants to learn. And I generally feel like when we're talking about disabled people and disability, people just generally want to learn. They're ignorant. They're just purely blissfully ignorant and they just don't know any better. 
And if I can use my humor and my charm and my educational ability to change somebody's viewpoint, I'm going to do that. But that's such a rewarding thing versus like, you're an ableist, fuck you. Like that doesn't, that doesn't make me feel good. So mm. I try not to do that. And and I think that you do a good job of it. I mean, I, even when we're talking and I slip up on my verbiage or, or terminology, you're very kind and you, you take that moment and educate. And I I love that conversation we had yesterday <laughs> where, you know, you were No, 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 don't tell them. Then they'll, then they'll go listen. We'll just we'll, we'll plug. We'll, we'll plug. I was terrible. I was horrible. No, you were the worst. Uh, <gasps> How dare you? <laughs> no, but you were very kind and gracious. And and of course, when we're having these conversations, it's never meant to be shaming or or angry. It's meant to be open and honest and just providing I'll, our opinion. I'll, I'll shame you, but well, it won't be about this. Mm. It'll be about <laughs> something later. Oh my. Um. Daddy, do you have any other questions? Um, let's see. What else do I have? Are you eating something? I'm, I just drink. I have ice. <laughs> <laughs> what is in your mouth right now? Oh, mm. that is, see, that is another question entirely. Speaking of questions, <laughs> uh, we <laughs> did have some questions from our own internet uh, collective over on What's the Safe Word? Oh. What, were you going to say something, Daddy? No. No, go ahead. Um, if you're open to it, uh, I have some questions from our our followers, and I think it would just be cool if we kind of maybe not speed through, but we kind of like rapid fire them just to allow for tons of good questions and answers from you. And speaking of puppy play, uh, one of the first questions from Nikki says, uh, "Any advice for new disabled puppies? I started getting into puppy play while I was recovering in a hospital um, as a mental escape, and I've never gone to any meetups or events." I know it's pandemic now, but uh, they like the idea of getting more into the puppy play community. I'm curious, are you active at all in any communities for puppy play besides just your play with one-on-ones? Not really. I mean, I'm, I'm really doing one-on-one because, it, because like they said, pandemic. And just physical access to those spaces is often really hard when you have disabilities in Toronto, mm-hmm. where I am. It's pretty much an old city that's been like retrofitted 80 million times so it's not super like built for disabled people mm. and a lot of the moshes are in in inaccessible spaces i'm looking at you black eagle but um but not that i want to call him video but i will uh, <laughs> i think it's a little like, late for I, that i, I think <laughs> just did <laughs> i think to answer their question like i think it's all about headspace mm. and it's all about um it's all about what about being a puppy makes you feel good. What about being a puppy makes you feel connected? And I feel like not worrying about the physical stuff is is a great start. So I, I have a question on, on 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 something like that. Does it help to know what the disability is, or is just being not disabled really, is have. is a broad uh, because there are so many different types of disabilities? Um, I think. I think if the person wants to disclose what their disability is and that would help you help them get into more of a headspace mm. or like a, a physical puppy space. Sure. It does. Sure. Be, it would be, okay. be helpful. But if they said to you something as simple as I'm into puppy play and I'm in a wheelchair and I need to, you know, I can't walk out of my wheelchair, then you would know, okay, we need to get a ramp. We need to get a button. I mean, they don't have to say, I have spastic quadriplegic cerebral palsy 
and I'm a puppy if they don't want to. I would say that because I'm very open about what my disabilities are. But if they don't want to disclose, they don't have to. Sure. And, and that's a conversation that you have. Um, and actually a good segue into another question um, from Pup Nemo who asks or who says uh, that they've heard that people have fetishes or kinks around those who have disabilities mm. um, who are turned on by said disabilities. Um, is that a quote unquote bad thing or is there a respectful way to go around that? I don't think it's a bad thing. And to give to give a name to what they're asking it's called being a devotee and that's somebody who's wait is being a what is that are devotee. you spelling something out no devotee like devoted D- but devotee no. what? No, no. what devotee no, like oh devoted devoted <laughs> got it yeah <laughs> i thought so you were like, spelling something <laughs> oh sorry no it's a devotee um and basically i don't know what the origins of a devotee is in the name of it but but it basically means you're physically attracted to somebody with a disability and I've had people on my show who are devotees. I had a woman years ago who, who married somebody with a disability and they met on a devotee website. So I don't think it's necessarily bad. I think, and I fetishize my disability all the time. I'll make jokes like, hey, want to touch my big joystick and want to like roll around with me? And I, I'll, play, I'll play with the fact that I'm a wheelchair user because why not? It's fun. But mm-hmm. I think... If you dehumanize the person in the process, no matter what you're fetishizing, that's a problem. Like I will play with the fact that I can't move around in certain ways. I'll play with the fact that, that I can't fuck you against the wall, but I sure know how to use my mouth. Like I, I, you know, I'll play with that because that's my reality. And I don't think that's being fetishistic. I think that's being just using what I've got. And I don't think fetishizing somebody with a disability is necessarily bad. I think when you dehumanize the person, mm-hmm. that's a problem. Yeah. And we, we did talk about that a bit with you on your show. It's, it's when you are using that person and dehumanizing them just for that one aspect that that, that becomes a problem, not only for disabilities, but for any fetish. For race, honestly. for like yeah. ageism, whatever else you're doing, it's a huge problem. So there's a sex worker here in San Francisco who's an amputee who does very well. Um, is that a devotee too? I think it's... Uh, we'll connect you guys after okay. this because daddy's not going to remember who it is. <laughs> no, it's Mickey Blue spot. Eyes or something like that. Uh, or Johnny Blue point, Eyes. He has no idea who he's talking about right at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> very hot. But is he a devotee if, if the people going to him? No, devotees no. are the other, the other, the other side of that. So what would he be? He is... Just the sex it's worker, the one that's being objectified for it. Yeah, so I don't, I don't, I don't. That's know just sex worker. Name. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I don't Fine. know if there's a name for it okay. for what he is, okay. but I, like, I would love to have him on he, my show. He's capitalizing on it. He's he's making out like a band. I mean, why the fuck not? You yeah. might as well. Like, so do I. Like, I think you got to use it. You got right, and yeah. so I think good for him. Yeah. All right. Shout out to Mickey Johnny Blue Eyes. Or Mickey, Johnny, Ronnie. <laughs> All sex workers are just named Johnny now. <laughs> Speaking of sex, I'm just full of segues today. Uh, Mac asks, what is the biggest struggle, in your opinion, uh, relating to sex and disability? Ableism. That's the biggest fair. struggle is ableism and people not addressing. Adri- and if anyone's listening and they're like, what the fuck is ableism? Ableism is the just generalized discrimination 
against somebody who's disabled for being disabled and favoring somebody without a disability over a disabled person. So in this last election cycle, when a lot of us made fun of Donald Trump for not being able to hold the cup or not being able to speak coherent sentences or, you know, there was at one point there was a hashtag that was like, Trump wears diapers. Uh, I understand why people would want to make those jabs because it's Donald Trump and like it's easy to just throw away those comments. But the trouble with that is when you see that stuff online, people with disabilities see that first. And it says a lot about how you would feel if your friend or lover said, hey, I wear diapers. Hey, I need this. Like, so ableism is really insidious and we don't often realize we're doing it. We don't often, it's not as, it's, and I think with all the isms right now, what we're learning, especially this year, is that they're very, they're very, they're not as clear cut as we think they are. So it isn't using, it isn't just using certain terminology and certain language. It's the actions we do and it's the systems that we connect ourselves to without realizing our privilege. And so ableism happens all the time where people don't realize they're doing it and they think it's just normal because they haven't ever had to think about disability. And so I always say one day, you two beautiful able-bodied men in front of me are going to be disabled and you're going to have some aging shit happen to you, whether that be through an accident or just old age, you're going to need fucking wheelchairs. And guess what? At that time, you're still going to want to be able to go to the clubs and get your dick sucked by X, or you're going to want to make love to each other as a couple. You're going to want to do that, but you're going to have to have some sort of conversation around disability. So why aren't we talking about it now? Like it's a part of the human condition is to be disabled. We all, we all yeah. need help. We all eventually get old I've, or have problems. I, yeah. the, the puppy's looking at me. I've been on crutches twice this year because <laughs> I've hurt myself. <laughs> and it, it, you, I broke you my needed, toe. You needed yeah, help. And, and I and needed a lot of help. <laughs> and I was happy Hot. to help you. For <laughs> you. I just had so many visuals of like, did you help him in the bathroom? Were there funny moments that you got in Were there funny moments? No, There's well, funny parts of it, he, he didn't want me to help him. And I'm I'm a very caring sort of person. And so... There's a whole bunch of dynamics there, uh, whether it's sexual or not, that revolve around helping someone. So absolutely, I understand. Yeah, it's hard for me to accept help. And and you don't realize how difficult stairs are when you, until you need to go upstairs and you have a crutch or you're not able to. Right, yeah. Daddy? No, yeah. yeah <laughs> I couldn't even bitch. get food devalu- delivered because I live up a st- flight of stairs. And they yeah. wouldn't come to you? Well, I can't open the door. I have to go down to open the door. Uh, apartments apartment yeah, living. san francisco yeah san francisco <laughs> um on that point though I, I are there any other kind of uh n- maybe not fallacies but <laughs> fallacies no uh any other <laughs> stigmas or or just kind of the the generals that people jump to when it comes to sex and disabilities they assume you can't have sex they assume oh. you don't want to have sex they assume that if they have sex they're gonna hurt you that's a fun one they assume Wait, that they're who, oh they're gonna hurt you okay got it the, if they like if they touch you you'll break okay. which for some people with varying disabilities they might have sensitivities so that's not entirely impossible um, but the idea that you couldn't try with somebody or that you wouldn't be willing to explore that with somebody is really sad yeah oh. 
And and some people like to get hurt consensually. Yeah, when are we <laughs> doing that? <laughs> <laughs> Whenever this pandemic is over, we can travel. I mean, you said you're going to come to Folsom, right? I'm going to come to I'm I've never been and I like so many people You're going to wear your me. leather. You can, you can pull them around in your in your pony cart. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we so can here for that. I have a pony cart. That'd be perfect for you. I'm totally so here for that. Yes, please. Okay. Yes. You can wear yes. your leather harness and, and whip my back. Whatever the I pony equivalent to, to yes is. I can't <laughs> win or nay. Well, it's not nay because that's usually no, but what what, yeah, what, what, what would yes be, Daddy? I guess I would Winnie. bray. Winnie. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like a Winnie in, in everyone's book. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um, and not to, to cut this conversation short, um, but I do want to to move into the tail end Ooh. Um, and just offer, Andrew, just an opportunity to tell us what you're up to, where people can find you, what other resources exist, uh, what's your safe word? Oh. Um, you can start wherever you want. Well, I have a sex worker. <laughs> that calls me I don't know if you'd like me saying that but I'll say it anyway he calls me potato Aww. I don't know if it's a safe word it um, can be <laughs> wait potato is uh, your safe word could, it, it could be a safe okay. word that, okay. that is Andrew's safe word Got for, it. The, okay. um, <laughs> for, the, for right now where they can find me they can follow all my social media at it's Andrew Gerza. I'm really active on Instagram and Twitter with all my hot takes on being disabled. Um, they can listen to my award-winning podcast, Disability After Dark. Mm-hmm. Um, wherever you get your podcasts, you can uh, watch my documentary called Picture This on all platforms that I did about four years ago with the National Film Board of Canada. Um, you can also, I'm also the co-founder of a sex toy company called handy and we're launching the first line of sex toys for and by disabled people so you can find out more about that at www.that'shandywithani.co i want to know more about that right now what 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 are you what what are like the products what do you do so the product that we have just come out with we just released the name today actually (gasps) it's called the handy joystick okay and it is a sex toy it's like if a if a body pillow and a pool noodle had a baby had a love child oh. that's the kind of toy it is so instead of it being something that is small and that you insert in places or that you put on your genitals and have vibrate because a lot of people with hand limitations can't use those toys that they vibrate because they're really small and they're really hard to do so this toy is a big sexy pool noodle that you can wrap around your body and it vibrates so if you want to get pleasure that way you can do that you can also that would be cool i want one does it also float is it also a flotation device (laughs) i don't we we're prototyping right now so i don't know (laughs) i don't know if it floats yet i hope so um um it's really exciting because it's it's one of a kind it's gonna blow everything out of the water i think because there's never been something like this. And what I love about it is that it was, I got to test all the other toys when we were coming up with this and learn that none of this works. With my limited hand dexterity, and I'll show you on camera kind of how my hands work, I couldn't, I can't turn, if it's a small button, I can't, I can't 
get it. If it's a speed button for your vibrator, I can't reach it. I can't put it on myself. So the goal of this toy is that it's to be as hands-free as possible. And it's from start to finish. So from the minute you get it out of the bag, you should be able to use it as independently as possible with some help, obviously, here and there, but as independently as possible. So really excited about it. Um, do, and it'll do be... You, you don't have to put so- batteries in it? Is, is it chargeable yeah. or? I'm Daddy pretty sure there'll be, be a, there'll be a charger. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Oh. My prototype brain is like, I don't know. I don't remember what else I wanted. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure it'll be rechargeable. Okay. I'm, because that's how we're all moving now. So, but hopefully the goal is to have it in your hands by May of 2021. But on top of that, Handy has released a book of, sexual stories from 50 contributors from all over the world have told us things like what is the sexiest thing that's anyone ever that anyone has ever told you about your disability why is what is the how does chronic pain and and sex and disability feel so we've asked 50 contributors 14 key questions about their experience of sex and disability and they've given us like some really amazing quotes and artwork and poetry about their experience of sex and disability and so the the if you buy a book right now at that's handy.co any proceeds from the book will actually go to the creation of the toy so we're really doing everything we can to get these toys out to people as affordably as possible we're also giving them like something cool to to kind of devour while they're waiting for the toy to happen that's great that's great that's amazing huh. Well, I, to- I totally want one of those. Actually. We're gonna check that out. Maybe we'll we'll have the link handy down below. <laughs> oh, I like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And thank you so much, Andrew, for coming on today. I, I mean, I feel like we barely even had a conversation because it flew by so quickly. So we'll definitely have to have you back. But um, people, go check out Andrew on Disability After Dark. We had a great conversation over there. But you have how many episodes now? You have like hundreds. We have. I have two hundred and sixteen official episodes. Plus wow. bonus episodes. So I'm sitting at almost 300, which is like, wow. That's crazy. Wow. And also congrats. Uh, but uh, Daddy, where can people find you? You can find me MrChristopher.com, MrChristopher with a K. Uh, you can find me everywhere at Pup Amp. And uh, go check out everything Andrew's doing. Andrew, I, why don't you go ahead and take us out? What do you want to leave everyone with? Um, I, I can't walk, but I sure can use them in my mouth. Uh, <laughs> I love it.